wow, I can genuinely create money and I don't need to go and trade my time at a job for it. Like this is, it's like a game seeing this, but it's real money coming in. It was blew my mind. What sets you apart? Why could you do it and others haven't been able to? A lot of it was down to timing. It was perfect product market fit. We, it could have failed a hundred times between the point we launched and now. Close to $40 million later, we're in over almost 400 Ulta Beauty stores in the US. Launched three, four different types of IPLs. We have more innovation coming. We're definitely the market leaders in at-home IPL. If you could write your goals for what you want a business to look like in the first year, we were the typical e-com startup success story. Like me mentally had to outgrow where I was in life to be able to start this whole journey of Happy Skin Co and what it's become. But then you get to a point where I wasn't growing fast enough to what my goals were and what I wanted to achieve. So I will bite off more than I can chew, fuck it up a little bit as the, go through the teething process and then catch up to where I'm starting to manage better at keeping all these you know, projects in the air and putting enough of myself into that. What's the plan for the next five years? It's all like pushing myself forward to grow and then moving my life in the direction that I know is taking me closer to being in a position to fulfill my true life's purpose. Over the past few years, my life has completely changed. I've built one of Australia's most successful e-commerce startups, Happy Skin Co, generating over 10 million per year in sales and disrupting a billion dollar industry in the process. I've now turned my passion for growth and personal development to bring you these honest and eye-opening conversations. This isn't just a business podcast. This is about the person underneath. This is about the journey. This is what it's really like. I'll be interviewing guests from all walks of life, each with their own unique perspectives and experiences, from the hardest day of their life to their biggest accomplishments and everything in between. My name is Dylan Mullen, and this is Life, Money, and Love. All right, back again. We have a very different episode this time. Look at Joe, the big smile on his face. For anyone who is uh, watching on YouTube who is a small part of our audience anyway, but for the few that do watch on, on YouTube, you'll notice I'm actually on the other side of the desk today, which means I am not hosting. I'm actually going to be the guest. Um, it's going to be Joe's big producer, Joe's debut on the mic. He's usually the one sitting behind the uh, roadcaster, pressing all these buttons, setting up the cameras. Um, but he's going to ask me the questions today. Kind of the reason behind this is when we launched this podcast, what episode is this going to be? Like 14? Uh, right? 13. 13? Yeah. No, no, Mitch was 13, right? No, he was 12. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, lucky number 13, I guess I am. <laughs> um, obviously, everyone, pretty much everyone who was listening was knew who I was. So there's been a lot of new listeners, uh, listeners uh, come on board from the last couple of months of episodes. And for people who don't know who I am, I think it was just a good opportunity to, you know, Joe to ask me questions. I don't know what the questions are, just like our guests when they come in. So um, go easy on Joe with his question uh, asking. But, yeah, he's going to run through it and we're going to – we're going to get to know me a little bit more and kind of the journey I went on to get here. Obviously, I'm sure we'll speak about Happy Skin Co. and what we did with that and then why we started the podcast. And then just if it wasn't already a challenge enough, there was a miscommunication with our other videographer. We actually have three podcasts uh, we're recording this week, so it's a pretty hectic schedule. Um, but there was something went wrong with invites. I don't know, Joe. But now, not only is Joe going to be in the podcast, but he's going to be the one who still has to set up the cameras and you might see him jump up once or twice uh, throughout the pod to to make sure everything's still recording. So I'll let you take it away from there, Joey. Cool. Good luck. Big debut. All righty. Let's, well, let's jump into it. Yes, that was actually my fault for the, uh, the miscommunication. But <laughs> you, you live and you learn. Um, all right, cool. Well, let's start sort of from mm. the beginning just to give everyone a bit of context of, of who you are um, and really sort of set, set, the, mm. set the scene. So who is Dylan? 
Who is Dylan? What a good question. Um, to be honest, it's something I ask myself every day. Uh, I'm obsessed with with who I am and purpose and why I'm here. It's something I think probably a lot more about than than, than most people. And, I, and I'll tell you the truth, I'm, I'm still figuring it out. You know, here we ask a lot of people like, what is their purpose? And, and a lot of people say, yep, this is what it is. For me, I'll be honest with you, um, purpose is... I don't know. It's something I think about deeply and I'm not 100% sure yet exactly what my purpose is. And I'll admit that I know a lot of the things I'm doing and the path I'm going on, it's going down the right path. But when I talk about purpose, I'm talking about the one true calling why me, Dylan Mullen is put on this planet. And I know, you know, business will be a part of my journey. I know speaking and what we're doing with the podcasting and, and starting to give back and, and, and impact the world outside of myself and, and, and my inner circle. That's part of it. But I've known for a long time there's going to be one great mission that comes up in my life and it's going to be sticking up for some sort of or creating a movement to push something forward or, or standing up for something I believe in. And I'm not sure exactly what that's going to be. There's, there's a few things that, that, really, um, that really do move me. I love everything about mindset, as you know, um, personal development, growth. That's going to be a big part of it. But is that my purpose to share that? I'm not 100% sure. As you know, I was very, very close to my granddad um, who who died from from Alzheimer's. He had that for, for five years. So I'm very passionate about Alzheimer's and dementia. And I, and I do, I've spoke about it many times before, want to start a foundation in his name one day. And, and maybe when that day comes, that will grow in. I'll be like, no, this is exactly my purpose. And I've got a, I've got a gut feeling that maybe that's a part of it, but, but maybe that's not, not it for me. So Again, I'm still figuring it out. I'm excited to wake up every day and learn more about myself, who I am, uh, what my goals are, because I'm not the type of person who can just sit up and, and, and this has been a blessing, but also a curse and, um, and just kind of go through the motions or set, set a black and white goal. I want to be exactly here in a year and have no flexibility to express myself and, you know, go with the ebbs and flow of life. And if something really interests me and I want to explore that sort of a project, I can be guilty of it like a lot of people that are in business do get shining object syndrome. That's new. That's exciting. And, and, and I'm aware of that. And I think that's okay in the sense that as long as these new projects I take on um, are moving me in the right direction of getting closer to, to fulfilling that purpose, whatever the, that may be, I'm always going to say yes to that. And sometimes, yeah, I've been guilty at times of spreading myself a little bit too thin, which is why recently I've had to say no to a lot of opportunities and a lot of things um, – and I've got a lot on my plate right now, but I think I'm really excited about what I've got working on for, for right now, but also to come out in the next six to 12 months. So yeah, I don't know. It's something I think about a lot. And uh, when I get the final answer, I'll let you know. Yeah. Well, uh, look forward to it. And I look forward to being along with the journey as what well. What about you? What, who's Joe, who is Joe Cat for oh, people who don't know? This is our producer, yeah. Joe. He's been working. Everyone's seen the podcast launch about three months ago, but Joe's been working behind the scenes for probably about a, almost a year. <laughs> so there's been a lot of work to get yeah. to where we are today. Yeah. Uh, like you said, like I'm still sort of trying to figure that out mm. as well. Um, with, I guess, there's a lot of things that I want to achieve and, and I have big goals and ambitions, um, which was why I was sort of drawn to want to work with you in the first place anyway. Um but yeah, for me, I'm just just sort of working on myself mentally, mm. physically, um, wanting to be the best person um, that I can be. Mm. I guess going and getting into self-development probably from the age of 18 was when I started self-development um, and, and like what mindset is and all of that stuff. And then from there, you just realize, oh, there's a massive, as soon as you learn something, you realize yes. how much more there is yeah. and how much you got to work on. And that's like 
all these all these things from like past traumas that you don't mm-hmm. even know about as like oh this is the reason I act this way is because yeah. of this random thing or my relationship with my father or my yeah. relationship with my mother and stuff like that so working mm-hmm. on those things mm-hmm. um but yeah still trying to figure it out I think for me it's 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 the journey and a, a yeah. big realization that I've actually had recently um with all of this and and working and and doing doing what we do is like it, it sounds really corny but like the process mm-hmm. and and that is so incredibly, I guess, important is the, is the point. Like yeah. that's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and for me, a bit of a tangent, but for me growing up mm. or like getting into the workforce, I've had plenty of jobs. Yeah. I've started in real estate and done sort of um, worked my way up and did like banking and all these things. Mm. And for me, I never stayed in a job for more than six months because yeah. if I, if I didn't like it, I was like, not for me. Um, and just been able to sort of do this and and even be on this now and interviewing yeah. you is probably like one of the things that I'd have on my vision board yeah, and yeah. I've had on past vision board. So that stuff's um, really cool. Well, to, while you were talking, I, I thought I thought of an answer to the previous question and it's something that I've kind of been aware of since I got into self-development and, and personal growth probably – uh, maybe when I was early 20s, maybe 21, 22, I really started to get obsessed with growth. And although I wouldn't say it's to my truest core, this is the answer, this is my purpose. But to me, uh, to probably most accurately describe it right now, what is my purpose? And it's going to sound so cheesy, but it's to become the best version of myself. To every day be striving to become a better person, not only in terms of, you know, fitness and health goals or, or financial goals or business goals, but be a better human being, be more caring, more thoughtful, more patient. So that is a massive goal of mine. But to me, that all that that I'm working on myself to show up every day and, and over the years become a better person to me is the link to, I need to do that. So then I can fulfill whatever that big grand purpose uh, is for me. So it's kind of linked, but if I'd answer it, that's probably another really good way, even though it's, it's going to sound cheesy to some people, but it, it truly is. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So a lot of obviously what you're talking about revolve, revolves mm-hmm. around business. So for people that haven't heard it, let's mm. sort of get into the the Happy Skin Co journey yeah. and how that all started. Um, I remember, yeah, listening to many, many podcasts of, yeah. of you talking about it. And when I first actually um, learned about you and, mm. and and who you are and the business, I was yeah binging any uh, yeah. any podcast you're on. So let's sort of get into that. And yeah, how did you how did you start Happy Skin? Yeah, Co? honestly, and and I'm extremely grateful for this. What me and George did with Happy Skin Co in the early days. Um, we were the, you know, if you could write your goals to like for what you want a business to look like in the first year, we were the typical e-com startup success story, like the, the way you would imagine it. And it was, but it was even, it was almost happened quicker than, than we ever expected, right? We, we saw like this started, we launched the business at the start of 2018, April, 2018. We started working on this business probably mid 2017, the year before. Um, and as you know, me and George, we work together at the gym at Crunch, where you, yeah, you know all about. Um, and we were both just, you know, hardworking, smart, pretty smart guys, or we'd like to think so anyway. Um, and we're both ambitious and we both, we both wanted to start a business. We both also were acting as well, which just happened to be randomly. We were at the same gym and at the same acting studio and we didn't really know. 
Um, so that's kind of how we came together, but we're both very ambitious and we wanted to think about how we can take more control of our life and, you know, go for our big goals rather than just, okay, how can I get a job in corporate and slowly work my way up? Because that was never for me anyway, never going to fulfill me. Um, so we started talking about it. I remember George went, um, went overseas to Europe in, 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 in our winter, uh, their summer, um, and before he left, we're like, yes, yeah, we go have fun. We get back, we're going to sit down and we're going to come up with the business. And at that point we didn't know what the business would be. We, we had, we knew it would be e-com. Um, we were 90% sure it'd be e-com and we were pretty sure that it was going to be in beauty be just because how much the beauty niche was exploding in e-commerce and kind of the buying behaviors and the patterns we'd observed over the previous years. But apart from that, we, we, we had no idea. So George went on, went on his trip and came back um, and then we're like, sweet, let's do it. We just, we didn't know what we're working on yet, but we scheduled, I think we were doing like, let's do at least two nights, two weekdays. It was like Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then either at, at a minimum one, like a half day on the Saturday or, or Sunday. Obviously once we had the business idea, it ended up being way more than that. But that's how we started and we didn't know what it was going to be. And it probably took us three or four weeks um, from when we properly actively started thinking of ideas until we got the idea that ended up becoming Happy Skin Co. <laughs> I remember at the start, man, you're going to laugh, some of the ideas we had, like one thing that stands out and there were so many silly ideas, but one thing I remember we were going to do was, I don't know why we thought this was a good idea, but was a vegan dating app. <laughs> so uh, self-explanatory dating app for vegans because that, like, especially back then, what, five, yeah. six years ago is it was more niche than it is now. So we, you know, we planned out, you know, sort of how it would work and what it might look like. But then pretty quickly we realized, ah, it's going to be a really long build. It's really niche. Is it yeah. something really passionate about? No. Um, I can't remember some of the other weird ones, but I remember there were some really silly things. Um, but then in, in the part, because we didn't know about Alibaba back then. Mm. If we knew about Alibaba, the process to find a product would have been really quick. We didn't know about any of that that existed. Um, but I remember one day we saw a, an ad for a product. It was um, – it was like, it must've been like a dropshipping product, even though we didn't know what dropshipping was at that time. Um, it was a, a dropshipping product. It was a little sh like razor, like a little electric or battery powered shaver. And it had a little, little light on it. So you could see, uh, you could see your hairs. That was their thing. I'm never missing a fucking hair. Yeah, whatever. So we saw that and, and then um, we're like, fuck, is this a laser, is this a laser hair removal thing at home? Like we didn't know that existed and obviously it turned out it wasn't. But then we started speaking, like thinking, okay, is this, is this something that exists? Is this something we could do? We, we, we know if we can create a, a product to do uh, like essentially laser hair removal at home, it would be a massive thing because how, how popular it was among people. Um, it turned out obviously that product wasn't it. And then, cause we didn't know about Alibaba that we could, you know, find a network of manufacturers that have products ready to go. Um, we spent a couple of weeks from there, researching technologies. I remember one of the technologies, it, it was like, essentially what it did was like, you burnt off the hairs. Like, I think there was a, there was a competitor in that space and I think it's called like the no, no, or maybe the yes, some, some weird name like that. And you literally burn off the hairs. And apparently if you do that, it takes longer to grow back. And then we, we, we started hitting up, um, product engineers, like product designers, engineers, damning them, finding them uh, on LinkedIn, um, saying, Hey, this is kind of our idea. Can you help with it? And then I don't know. I honestly don't remember how we come across it, but 
we finally, we found a manufacturer, not through Alibaba or anything. And then we started working with them. Um, we said, hey, this is our idea. This is what we're going to do. They had a similar product because we were so early on the the at-home IPL hair removal like game. Like there, there, there may have been a couple other brands out there, definitely not in Australia. Like we got on the technology in, in, in from these handsets was really created by these companies six months before, like that's all the all their patents is six months before we launched. So it was really new. Um, and then we remember saying, okay, this is kind of the product that they had developed um, because we didn't know what white labeling was back then. We, we like, we didn't even think of, okay, let's just take it out of the box and put our logo on it. We didn't know that was a possibility. This is how naive we were to, to business and e-com and, and this whole world before we started. Um, so we said, no, we want to, you know, do X, Y, Z with the product and X, Y, Z with the packaging. Can you do that? They said, yes, started working with them for like testing some stuff. And then we found Alibaba. We must have, or some, I don't know how we found our current, current manufacturer, but then we, by that time we did like a bit of a tender process where we knew what we wanted by this point, cause we kind of developed a 1.0 with this manufacturer. And then we kind of sent the brief out to, you know, three, four, five other manufacturers. Um, and then the person who came back with the best product, the best quality could work with us. In, obviously the price had to be, had to be competitive to the other ones, but then the big thing for us that the, the first manufacturer didn't really have was the ability to scale with us. Because even though our first order, we we're talking, we ordered 110 units. Um, we really did have visions to grow it into, to a massive brand. Um, so we, 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 we ended up, um, going with our current manufacturer. We've been with them from the start. I've been over um, in their warehouses to meet their team and, and, and all the employees. And it was a really, really good uh, eye-opening experience, but eye-opening in a good way. When, you, when you're going over to, to these factories, you're not sure what you're going to see or what the conditions will be like, but we were blown away by, it was literally like walking into a medical facility and, and, and as it should be, but Rosen, like it was just so professionally done. Um, and then, yeah, we got the product, bro. We, we ordered 110 units, you know, a couple of delays. We did shoots with, we did booking shoots with friends, you know, for favors, for free product, you know, doing it in our friends' houses. Like if you see our first bunch of ads we did, oh, bro, you would cringe. <laughs> but the funny thing is we actually paid for those ads. So anyway, they clearly worked because here we are today. Um, but we launched, man, we had 110 units was our first order. We had 10 put aside to send out to influencers and 100 to sell. And that whole initial investment from the stock, the ads, the website, everything, the registration of the business um, was about $20,000 in total. Um, and then we launched day one, uh, about 11.30 at night, just about to go to bed, literally getting in bed and I get a call off George and he goes, dude, we just got our first sale. So I'm like fucking buzzing as you can imagine. I jump in my car, drive over to his place, which is like five minutes away and uh we're cheersing champagne we're just saying like look this this proves like this proves that there's a there's a need for the market people want it we'd probably spend like 50 to 100 bucks a day on ads at that point sold our first one buzzing as you can imagine go home day two while in this process we're still working our full-time jobs that we fucking well, i can only speak for myself fucking hated <laughs> um working in sales and business development um selling products that i was not passionate about literally pens and papers and computers and technology and all that sort of stuff um, and there are no sales, but we didn't, we didn't panic day two. We said, look, no, this is going to be a process. It's fine. We're going to, we, we know, we know this, pro this product is, is a really good product. We know our branding's really good. We thought it was at the time, obviously it's come over a long, 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 long way since then, but we're all good. And then it comes to the, to the third day, uh, which was a Wednesday. 
And as you know, I do martial arts. Um, I was literally in my gear, dressed, ready to go, about to leave. Get a call from George and he goes, dude, we just got our second sale. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that's mad. And then, you know, the Shopify cha-ching that goes off? Yep. We, it goes off again. And I'm like freaking out. What the hell? Like two sales in like the space of like less than five minutes. Like what is going on? This is amazing. Um, and then I'm chatting to him, chatting to him. I'm like, oh, I've got to go. This is mad. I'll call you as soon as I'm done. This is, this is incredible. And then we get another one. That's three, like the third sale within like five minutes. And I'm like, screw this, fuck it. I'm not going to training. I'm coming over. We're going to, you know, obviously celebrate the small win. We cracked another bottle of champagne, but like, we're just going to work. Like, we're so G'd up. Like, this is like, you look at it like a game. The first time you launch a business and like, it's, you know, $300 for sale, sale coming in. This is real money for the first time. You're like, wow, I can genuinely create money and I don't need to go and trade my time at a job for it. Like, this is, it's like a game seeing this, but it's real money coming in. It was blew my mind. Um, and it turned out our first influencer had posted. So he posted, um, I've told this story before, but again, quickly, when we were recruiting those first 10 influencers to send out the products, he was one of them. Um, he had about 20,000 followers at the time. Um, and then, but he was from, which we didn't even know, he was from The Bachelor in Paradise. Um, and because there was a couple of delays launching and probably a few weeks, we, we hit him up. He had 20,000 followers. He agreed to do it just in exchange for the product. And then probably about four weeks later when we actually launched, he had 50,000 followers because they're on TV three, four nights a week. And to his credit, he was a legend. He's like, no, I agreed to, to do it for that. I'll still post it for you. And um, from the space of when he posted about 7.30 at night until midnight, we'd made seven and a half grand, um, which is like almost half of our <clears throat> investment. We ended up selling out that whole 100, 100 units in the first week. So then as you can imagine, we took all that money and we bought 200 and then we sold all that in like a week or two again. And then we bought 400 and then we bought a thousand and, and then we just invested all the money we could into more stock. And then we were just selling, working with influencers, running Facebook ads. Um, it took us probably about until we were at month four or five until we were fully caught up in, uh, in stock and we were ahead. We were like, what we did, this is so funny, but because we were so far behind, um, we were like writing handwriting cards to all yep, our customers yep. and putting little candy canes in. I don't know why we did – was it candy canes or lollipops? I think it was lollipops, little love heart lollipops saying, yep. so sorry, it'll be here as soon as it is. And then as every batch of stock came in, back then we were very lucky that it's not the, – the prices of shipping aren't what they are today because we were express freighting it in. So it meant the longest someone would wait would be a month. Mm-hmm which now if it was a month to produce it and then five, six weeks on a ship, then it wouldn't have worked if we were doing this. But my average wait time was probably around two weeks. Some a little bit more, some if they timed it well, they, they wouldn't be waiting. Um, we did all those, sent them all that. Every time we'd get stock in, it was like, all right, let's strap in. Me, George, my little brother, Ryan, and George's mum. It was in George's living room. We had all the stock on one side. We'd put them into our bubble bags and put them into our shipping bags and then smash them all out. Um, then since then, man, it's been a ride close to $40 million later. Um, we've made we're in over almost 400 Ulta beauty stores in the U S launched three, four different types of IPLs. We have more innovation coming. We're definitely the market leaders in at home IPL. George obviously left a while ago and he's gone and built another fucking incredible business in the hair care space. So man, it's been a ride. Um, I could talk to you for, for hours yeah, and hours yeah, about yeah. what we did at Happy Skin Co, but maybe we can save that yeah. for another day to take it from that first year to, you know, really build year two, year three to become a massive brand and that stands for something and, and has continually better, higher performing, higher quality products. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, cool story, I've, huh? um, 
it, it's um, I've heard it a few times mm. and still even hearing yeah. it again, it, it's really cool. And I think one of the smartest things Shopify did was mm. that that noise because the, the first time mm. – and, and this is what I was saying to, to Yui, our uh, videographer. Yeah. Like when that goes off for the first time, it Mate. is the nothing. I haven't had a better feeling than that because it was when, and for people that don't know, I was in, had a brand for a while and mm. ended up selling it. Um, but it was the the best feeling yeah. and it just validates your yeah. hard work and your idea of like, oh. I it beca it becomes like a drug addiction. Like every time <laughs> it goes off, you get this little buzz of serotonin. Yeah, yeah. And then you know what? I tell you when like, one little milestone when you know, not that you've made it, but you, you've made it is like when you have to turn that off. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I can't fucking hear this thing buzzing two, three hundred times a day. Like it sounds weird that it becomes annoying, but it, you just get to the point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But early days, man, it keeps you going. That little cha-ching sound is the best. Yeah. Mm. All right, cool. So then you've had this success with Happy Skin Co. Mm. Now I've um, sort of been around people in e-commerce. I have um, have friends that have brands and things like that. And now the one thing with e-commerce is it's because it's such a, a, it's such a low barrier of entry and it's such a industry that's, that's growing massively and there's so much um, need for it and, and, it's, and it's growing, right? Thousands of people have probably attempted to have a brand. Not many people actually do succeed to, mm. and there's different levels of su success. For some people, that's just being able to to live off the income from that. For others, it's a million dollars or whatever it is. Why were you and mm. George, and why were you successful when everyone, a lot of other people haven't been? Like you mean that first year? like to Just in general with the brand, like the brand – making what it has, mm. what sets you apart? Why could you do it and others haven't been able to? Um, well, the first the first year was – a lot of it was down to timing. I'll, I'll be honest with you, timing. Um, you can never, like, you can never replace that. It was perfect product to market fit in terms of there was a massive need there. Um, but if you look at, okay, what was in our control? Product selection, right? I see so mm. many people start up brands with products and I think, what are you thinking? man, can you seriously see this being like a multiple year business around this product? And and we were never looking at it to make it a short term six month cash grab. We wanted to build a brand. So identifying a product that we saw could be a really cool, like key product to build a brand around, which we did and we identified it. But then also we validated our ideas. Like back, again, we were so green in the e-com space. We didn't know, you know, about all the product, like like product research tools you could use. So what we were doing, we had heaps of survey monkeys and literally every time we'd be chatting to a girl, we'd ask them about, okay, hey, have you ever done laser hair removal? Um, how much did it cost you? How long did you do it for? Why did you stop? What were all the pain points? You know what I mean? And then we, it, it got to the point, we spoke to hundreds of women in, in Sydney and easily, easily 95% of them had done laser hair removal at, at a certain point. So we knew there was a need there for the product. Um, and then- we were very, as I said, we were very, very early uh, into that product being being launched. And again, there's only so many like blue whale products that come around. Like you look at, you know, what High Smile did with the yep. teeth whitening kit, what we did with that. The clay masks. Multiple clay masks and stuff. Yep. They'll come around once a year or once every two years. And if you can be very early, you don't have to be first, but you need to be the best. You need to, It helps to be early and then you need to be the best. Um, 
So we, we, we found a product that really worked, but then man, like that was just step one. We, it could have failed a hundred times between the point we launched and now is you always have to be like looking at what you can be, what you can be doing better and learning from your mistakes, learning from what wins. And then the attitude we had towards scaling, if we found something uh, that was doing really well, we would double, triple, quadruple down on it. We would like spend like at one point, like our first year Black Friday, so we launched in 2018. This is when our business changed because we, fully unlocked the power of Facebook ads. A lot of, I'd say, and from, uh, we launched in April till November, uh, definitely most of our sales came from influencers from that period. Definitely a far majority. Um, but then from the point of our first Black Friday campaign, where we really learned the power of setting up multiple campaigns and, and day trading accounts and dumping heaps of budget into different things, that's when we realized, well, how scalable this business was. So doubling down on what worked, not Again, we brought in a finance manager. Uh, oh, I brought in a finance manager um, probably 18 months after we launched. And it was a really good time that we did that because we were doing a lot of things wrong, uh, yeah. uh, you know, leaving a lot of money on the table and things that we weren't considering that we, we probably should have, should have have. We definitely should have actually. But the fact that we, we, you know, kind of like not knowing freed us up to chase you know, whatever, we'd move into markets before fully identifying all the challenges and all the risks and all the costs and taxation associated with those, which was good because we grew a lot. And then we kind of, we just grew the first, probably even after I brought in our, our, our finance manager, um, the first two years was just all grow, grow, grow. And then it was, okay, once we got to that point, let's, you know, look at what we're doing and refine processes, look at where we're wasting money, where we're wasting margin, where we're, you know, we might be in a market that, you know, is bringing in X amount of revenue today, but our ROAS is lower than everywhere else and the costs associated much higher. So is it really worth continuing to spend our effort chasing that or should we focus on the markets that make most sense to us? And if we didn't have that um, different, you know, mindset approach coming at that point, who knows if we would have still been around today, because like you said, there's thousands of business uh, businesses that start brands. Dude, there would be thousands of businesses that have started an at-home IPL company brand. Thousands, oh, yeah. uh, without a doubt. Like I've, I've I told never this, did. I know, I've told the story many times, just on our tracker at one point, we, we don't track competition anymore because fuck, yeah. we're just going to do what we do. And if they want to copy us, they can copy us, man, because they're always going to be behind us. But at one point, just in the people that we knew about that we were aware of because they had done some sort of IP infringement on us. There was like 108 on, on, on our tracker. And then I looked at this earlier in the year when, when, when Evie started um, and I was taking him through all our documents and I said, just go check how many of these brands of that 108 are still in business. And I think there was like two or three. Yeah. So, you know, there were plenty of other brands and, and I know there, that there were some that we had to deal with that were in the game early and, and, and they had a really good product to market fit early. And just because we had sold already so many handsets, it was still in its infancy and they're all gone, man, because they didn't continually look at what they can improve in what they're doing, double down on the things that are working. So then you can, you know, it gives you that buffer to make mistakes in other areas. Um, and then releasing products that were by far guaranteed the best quality products uh, on on the market. And we've had competitors come in at times and sell IPLs for, you know, almost half the price. Um, and we we very easily found who the manufacturers are and we say, okay, hey, this is how much we'd order, how much can you do it for? And, and yeah, their cost price might be half of ours, but I said, how do you get to that cost? How is it so much cheaper than this? And they say, oh yeah, it's the motherboard is cheaper. This sort of plastic isn't used instead of the premium, like the glass or the crystal that is using thing and all this stuff. I'm like, we're not going to cut those corners because we want to be a brand that's around for five, 10 years into the future, not a six month cash grab. So I think that's how we're able to get that fast start and then build on that and continue to, you know, improve what we're doing to be able to still be around. Cause there's been, there's been periods uh, like 
COVID and all different challenges for, for businesses and business, anyone who's been in business for five years, like, like we have now, um, it's not always going to be easy, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, there's a couple of things that you said there, um, that stuck out to me. The first thing is on one, a business sense mm -hmm. of like what a lot of people forget and what I have forgotten in the past, um, is, is the customer. And I was actually listening to a podcast mm -hmm. on the way here and, and they were talking about how the customer is so important with, um, and, and that's obviously something that you really like paid attention to mm -hmm. and made sure that the customer experience, customer experience is the best. Yep. The other thing on a sort of personal level and, and of who you are and now I guess working with you for the last year, um, there's one thing that really sticks out to me mm. more than anything. And I joke about this with you and stuff. It's like your self belief and your like, we'll be having an argument mm. and I know I'm right. And you will still 100% believe that you are right. Even if you know nothing about the <laughs> subject and yeah. you will just, you just the self-belief that you have. And for me, that's one of the, the mm. big things that sort of sticks out to me as to your success, because a lot of people and what they struggle with is like all these different things that it's called, you know, mm. like, um, like imposter syndrome or, um, just yeah, like not not having mm. the belief, and you got to. And we've heard about this on on Luke's podcast when he was talking about it. Like your identity and and who mm. you see yourself is is what you're going to portray to people. Yeah. Um, where does where does your self belief come from? Where did that sort of begin? And yeah, um, I'll, there's so many different ways we could take this, and 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 we'll talk about self belief quite a bit. But to link it to your last question. Uh, I, I think another reason we were so successful and you're talking about thinking about the customer, although there were things we actively did to, you know, you know, get information from the customer. Also a lot of it was intuitively what I, I just put myself in the position of a customer and thought, okay, if I was seeing this, if I was going to purchase this product, what would I care about? What would I want? If I was going to come across this ad, what would help, you know, sell it to me? What would help highlight why I need this product and alleviate my concerns? So I just did that intuitively because we, like I had no business experience beforehand. Mm. So doing that and seeing the results that, that I got from backing my, my gut feel and my intuition did so much for me. And I tell you that a lot of the times that I have made mistakes in business is when I started listening to other people and going against my gut. And a lot of the time it was, um, people that were older or technically had more experience. And, and then you, they, trying, you know, subconsciously get in your head, oh, you're this young kid, what do you really know? Yeah, you've had one successful business. And it, like it, it gets to you a little bit or it doesn't, it never got to me, right? But it made me think, fuck, okay, I don't want to be this kid who, you know, can't listen to advice or, you know, maybe they're right, maybe I should listen, even though my gut was telling me no. And then that's a lot of the time that I've, a lot of the times that I've made decisions that I regret it, it's listening to those other people. Um, so backing my gut was, was a massive part of, of the success, particularly earlier on before we started to be able to learn from data and insights and that sort of stuff. Um, but self-belief for me, where does it come from? Um, I don't know, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of figuring it out. I'll, I'll definitely, you know, I'll probably, this will probably be one of the books I write. It'll be about self-belief, really starting to analyze myself and my patterns and my behaviors, as well as doing other, you know, critical learning from, 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 um, research that's out there. I'll tell you what I think it is from, from my perspective now is there, there's a few things. Um, there's, you know, my, I speak about it a lot, my childhood I had, and, and everyone that's, you know, in this space will tell you that your childhood, you are your formative years and how you feel about yourself in a treat and, and then the experiences you have in that early part of childhood, uh, can impact who you are long into adulthood. And if you don't 
like identify those things and, and, and resolve it, you will live your whole life a certain way because of certain things that happened in your childhood that you didn't, that you didn't realize and never understood. So I think I was blessed, man. I lived with my mom and my grandparents. So I was like five, six years of age. And that was the most beautiful, special period of my life. I would fall asleep on my granddad's lap every night. He'd carry me out to my granny flat. I'd wake up, have breakfast with my mom, go in there. I had my, my older cousin who was my best friend who lived just down the street. So I was surrounded by so much love uh, and support. And um, so like that probably really built my, my self-esteem. And I was always... Uh, I was always kind of a bit of a performer, like I liked, you know, a little bit of attention, but it was always given to me in a really positive way. So I feel like early on that probably had a big factor in it. And then I went to school and then what kind of reinforced, I feel like my self-belief is like I did quite well in sport and then I was very frequently top of my class or top three in my class. So as I was going through these pivotal periods, uh, I didn't understand what was happening at the time, but this was reinforcing my internal self-identity by, okay, I already had come into school with a lot of self-belief because I had so much love and, and support at home. Uh, and I was never told that you can't achieve certain things. I was always, of course you can, whatever you want to do, you can achieve. So I could, I, I just got lucky with, with how, how my family was to me. I could n never have done that uh, without them. So there was that, but then at school starting to to build confidence. This is another way people start to build. I think Armin mentioned it, but it's another notion for how people build yeah. self-confidence is, is building confidence step-by-step step through achievement. Yeah. And so the next period of my life, going through my early teens and into you know my, my late teens and finishing school, I built my self-confidence by achieving, get, get performing good in sport or getting top marks in this, 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 getting into early entry floor at uni. And I had all these little achievements that built it for me, right? And it all links back into what you were just talking about self-identity um and, and it truly is something that again i can't tell you exactly why i think the way i am or why i feel so like so connected to who i am i just know and this is what i say and people people can take this in a negative way if they want to um people say do you think you're special i say yes but like everyone should think they're special. I genuinely believe that if you don't think you're special, then, you know, I feel like, why are you here? Like you, you, you should, right? Um, but that being said, I think that now and I truly do believe it. And if I could give that to everyone, I would. But I'll tell you the truth. And this, this might seem, I don't know how to come across to people, but from a very, from a very young age, I did think I was special. Um, and I didn't ever want it to become a negative thing or never wanted to put, I never, I don't think I ever have, honestly, put other people down because of it. I just knew who I was and I, I was always very ambitious and I always wanted to work hard. And I just always knew, even before I really could comprehend goal setting and what life can hold in store for me, I always knew I was going to do something special, even long before I had any right to believe that. I, I, I truly, really did. Um, and then one of the biggest things when, when we started Happy Skin Co, um, I already had a lot of self-belief, but I, I tell you for sure, without a doubt, because I was acting before that as well, you think, okay, your biggest, wildest dreams, even me, that kid who grew up in that way that had built his self-belief and self-confidence throughout the years, there was that little part in the back of my brain that was like, oh, who are you for your like wildest dreams to really come true? Like, yeah, I think they can happen, but do I know they're going to happen? Honestly, at that point, I really wanted them to and I, and I thought it could be me, but there's that part of you that like, if like yeah. you see all these people that are living these amazing lives and you think, ah, oh, you know, that could never be me. But they're just human beings as well. They just, 
a lot of them started out from humble beginnings, you know, there weren't anyone special, didn't have rich or famous parents and they were able to do that. So why can't I? And then when we first started to, to see success with Happy Skin Co and then, you know, our whole goal for 2018 was to quit our jobs. That was from April to, if we got to the end of the year and like I said, we could replace our income and work on that, we would have been incredibly happy. Yep. We had to quit our jobs after two weeks. And then we had our warehouse and our first full-time staff after like three months, we made our first million in like a month or two months. And it's like, then what we've gone on to do with the business, the whole Gary V thing that and we can talk about that later if you want that experience. But th these sorts of things that in, in my mind were like, fuck, these are like massive, massive goals. Once you start to achieve them, um, then you realize without a doubt that you really can achieve anything you want and you really can create the life you want. You just need to be really clear with, with what you want and what your goals are and believe that you can do it and, and just go after it and, and, and attack it with energy and enthusiasm. Because if you have the, if you had the belief that I, that I have, of course you would work extremely hard. Of course you'd be excited about life. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of like, how I've got to this point, I'm still figuring it out. I'm still figuring myself out. And like I said, I, I, I'm going to reverse engineer the process. And there are certain things that I'm already aware of that, you know, I'll write down my thoughts and, and, and start to be able to teach other people and give them this sort of uh, a mindset. And, and it might not be from zero to, you know, a hundred or, or my level of self-belief straight away. But if you can take it from a, you might feel your self-belief is currently at a three out of 10 and okay, let's get it to a four and a five and a six and just build upon that till you are a very solid eight. And, and then once you get to that eight, you can start to think about for yourself, how do I get it to that level? And that's what I say. I don't believe I'm going to achieve this thing. I know I'm going to achieve these things. Yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I can, I can totally relate to that. And, and even though I'm not at that level of success of what you've done in business yet, I even knew like going in school, I, i never did homework. Year 11 and 12, <laughs> I honestly never did homework, never did anything. I did non ATAR because I wanted to spend more free periods with my girlfriend at the time. It's literally, I dropped a subject because so we could spend more time. Like yeah. I, I generally didn't knew I didn't need school. And I had teachers say to me, like, you're literally said yeah. to me, you are going to amount to nothing. And mm. I had, and coming from like an Arab background and being the firstborn mm. son, very much it's, you go, you get a degree without a degree, you, you'll be nothing. Yeah. And it's like sort of that thing. But for me, I just innately believe without having any, anything to prove it was yeah. like, I know one day I'm going to be successful in what that is in my head. Yeah. Um, which is, so I, yeah, I can hundred percent relate to that. To that as well. Uh, even in school, like my teachers always believed in me. Yeah. I love my high school. Like Kasula High is the best. And like, I had so much support and like so much belief put into me from my teachers that would say like, yeah, you are, you're going to do something really uh, special with your life. And even like, I've gone back to, to speak at my school. Oh, I actually need to reply to an email to, <laughs> for, to go, um, yeah, I'm going, going to speak at my school again, um, old high school in, in October. Remind me after this show that I got to confirm. <laughs> yep. um, but like getting invited back to your school. And I remember I was, I, I spoke at the school one time and this is another goal that I had for myself that I'd never said to anyone. Right. Yep. Um, and again, for some people you might think, who is this dickhead? You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's so egotistical to think that, but it's just another little goal in my, like, cause you, you think of like, okay, you've visualized your life as that, you know, a great fantasy, if you could live the life and achieve everything you ever wanted and give, you know, experience all these amazing things and give back to the world certain things that, you know, what can you achieve? And one of these little things, and then I, I didn't tell anyone 
was um, I always, for some reason, wanted – well, first thing, I wanted to be invited back to speak at my school. Um, yep. I've done that. I was at another school, you know, with the with those year seven boys last year, which was which is really cool. But so I've spoken at my school a couple of times and I love that. And they were like, oh, well, how much – like, what are your rates to, to come back? I'm like, guys, come on. As if I would ever charge yeah. Kisula High for my time. Um, but then the other thing, and this is, this is where I want to get to, and, I, and I've always thought it, and I remember my old year advisor said this to me, this is going to happen for sure. And I said, yeah, you know, it's funny. I've actually thought that. And it might not be like in the next two or three years, it might be in 10 years or 15, whatever. But, uh, I want, like, there will be a, a building at Kusula High built with the, the Dylan Mullen building or the Dylan Mullen garden or something. You know what I mean? I want to give back to that school because I loved it so much and, yeah, I wouldn't change it. Like I changed schools. I, I think, yeah, I, think yeah. I, might, I might have said before. Yeah. I went to a Catholic private school for like uh, three weeks and I went back to Kasula High. You know, I, I loved it that much. So, yeah. Yeah. No, cool. All right. Well, um, c- continuing on with mm. sort of the mindset mindset questioning, mm. you are big individualization. You've talked mm. about it a lot on different podcasts, different mm. content that you've put out. You actually haven't yet talked about your whole process mm. for that mm. um could you let us know like your morning routine and how you actually visualize yeah so probably the best the best way for me to explain it is to give a full like walk through an example of, of how i how i do it and how i used to do it um okay what's a good example all right, i'll tell you one that i used to do all the time um all right let's just do back when i was acting Right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say yep. I'm acting now, which again, I don't act now. Will I in the future? Probably a little bit, but who knows? But let's just say I decide, no, I'm go- I want to get back into acting part-time. I want to, you know, achieve really like amazing things. I want to, and then my goal that I'm going to visualize will be, I win an Oscar. Like how cliche every actor wants to yep. win an Oscar, right? An Academy Award. Now, how I would visualize that is like, cause if that's something that means a lot to me, I cannot and, but this is something intuitively, but I've realized how powerful my process of visualization is. I can't just visualize that once for 10, 15 minutes and, and expect that to, you know, be powerful enough to draw me and draw that goal together. Right. So I just won't sit down and, okay, visualize, you know, my, uh, uh, like, okay, I'm good. I'm at the Oscars tonight. Um, and then, you know, and the winner is Dylan Mar. I get up and I visualize myself doing that speech. That'll be part of it. But that's like, that's like the final step. So Okay, from here, let's just say I'll leave this podcast and I'm like, I'm going to act again. Yep. Okay, I'll think, I'll visualize from here. And each each visualization, there's probably going to be like, we'll see how many there is. This is just an example. There might be five or six steps that I will visualize along the way. Each of these steps is creating not only an emotional experience in myself, but is creating the energetic attraction in the universe because I'm feeling it, I'm living it in my mind, but then I'm taking action off the back of it, right? It's... So what I'll do, okay, we leave here and I think, okay, I'm going to uh, message my acting teacher, Les, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm going to want to come back to class. When, when, when can you get me in? And then I'll, I'll visualize that. I'll visualize go meeting with him. Hey, yeah, sweet. Like, how you been? You know, I'll visualize that whole process to chat. And then I visualize, okay, I'm back in my first acting class. And I might visualize myself um, doing a couple of scenes, you know, the first month or two back into it. Um, and I'm not rushing through any of these visualizations. I'm spending time living them in my head as in they're actually happening and a lot of the times it's great yeah if you can sit at home in your bedroom against the wall in a comfortable position with the lights off you can do that but also where i do so much of my visualization is is when i'm driving as well 
Yeah. Like you're driving, yeah. it's unconscious, right? In my head, like that's why some of these visualizations will go for an hour each each component, each little scene will go for an hour. So I, I, I visualize the whole getting back into acting that first month back in class. And then I will visualize the process of how um, I got my agent. I'm out somewhere, I'm with an actor friend and they bump into, oh, hey, this is my agent. This is just a random example. Yep. I'll meet that. Okay, yeah, Dylan, come in for a meeting. I'd love to have a chat with you, see how that works. Then I'm going to visualize the entire meeting. When I talk to them about the scenes, I show them where we speak about for like the goals of where I want to take my career and who I am, what I've done and how I can add value to their agency and why, why, you know, why they should want to work with me. That's the second thing done. And then I might visualize, okay, the first, the first role in the chain of events that leads me into that role that that's acting, right? I visualize the whole audition process, audition one, two, three, potentially for that. And then I, I, I'll envision like, okay, in my city, I'm going in, I'm doing the, I'm doing the audition. Uh, I'm meeting the director. Each, each one of those is going to be a 10 minute visualization in itself. Right. And then done. I've done that. I'm on set. I'm filming. And then when I'm filming on set, then someone's talking about this other project or this other director they're working with. And then, okay, this director, oh, really liked, hey, Dylan, I really liked what you just did in that scene. I've got this other film coming up. Um, there's this role that I think you'll be really great for. Can I have a chat to you about it? Okay, yeah, sweet. Then I'll go and I'll imagine this meeting, them talking to me about this role. And this is the role that I win the, the, the Oscar for. Like, cool, I would love to get you in for this. Can you come in audition for this? Obviously, you've got to audition, but I think it's a really um, good fit for you. I go in, then I visualize that whole audition process, right? And then I get the role suite. Then I'm next visualization. Like, do you see how detailed this is? Yeah, I'm yeah. not rushing it, but why would I want yeah. to rush these visualizations? It's not, visualization shouldn't be a chore. Yeah. Like you are living and drawing to you your wildest dreams. These should be, you should be excited, fooled with energy to do them. Um, so I'll visualize that. Then I'm going, I'm on the set of the, of the film that I win the Oscar for, right? I'm getting close. Now I'm going to start going into even more detail with each one as we get closer and closer. And when I'm talking details, I'm visualizing for me, I'm a little st stickler for the details. Like if I can't in my head visualize the outfit I'm wearing, I can't move past it. And to get clear, what outfit am I wearing? Like the small details, where am I parking my car? Okay, I'm driving up, I'm doing the, the, the wardrobe fitting. And then I'm, I'll visualize myself having all these moments on set, acting, blah, 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 doing this. Then, okay, the next step, once I've gone through the, all the on-set visualizations, I will then visualize myself going into the, to the opening night, right? Then going to the opening night, uh, who like back then, let's say I was dating, I was single. Like, who, who, who's my date? Who am I? Then getting out of the red car, but walking down the thing. Yeah, sweet, it was all good. And then okay, I get the next one is finally going to be. Oh, you got the nomination for the Oscar. I will visualize what I'm wearing, the how I get my suit, the the pre to that night. Okay, how am I getting to the Oscars? I visualized going down the red carpet, talking to all the people, blah, 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 doing all that sort of stuff. And then I'm sitting down there. I'm actually genuinely visualizing and living in my head. Like I'm experiencing these moments, all the awards before who's winning them. Like, are they friends? Are they other people from the film? Um, and then it gets up to mine. I win it. Of course I do the, um, the, the Oscar speech and I'm going to visualize what I'm saying. And like, I'm fully at this point, I'm fully living it. I'm experiencing it completely. When I visualize, I say I'm time traveling because, and that's another way that I have so much self-belief because if, if I'm, I've experienced these moments before, I truly have experienced them before I've been here. How am I not going to feel like I belong there? So I'll do that, but I don't even leave it there. Okay. What's the after party? And then I'm going to fully go in there and I live that. And that process to visualize all those things might be taken out over a week. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So mm. I visualize in, in, in detail and I go extremely deep uh, and I let myself go there emotionally and physically. And if I can close my eyes and really go there, like so many times visualize the tears running down my cheeks and I, I finish that. And like, there's this vibrational energy all around you. You are drawing this into yourself. Um, and then man, for one, I'm fired up to go. And then since I've been doing that sort of visualization, nothing, I feel like nothing can stop me when I'm doing that. Yeah. No, that's unreal. It's good to know that I'm mm. actually doing it the right way. Yeah. Because <laughs> for like everyone's like, how do you visualize? Like yeah. there's no short answer to that. Obviously, and everyone I, will be different. You know what I mean? But yeah, this is yeah. what works for me. And I can't just like, I can tell you in 10 seconds, but yeah. you're not going to get a true picture of how I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So for me, um, with the visualization thing, mm. so I do do that as well. And I, I practice visualization like you, it's in the car. Mm. Um, I... And I've said this before, but one of the things that I do is pretend I'm on a podcast yeah. and I'm being asked questions. So yeah. I will ask myself in my head, and this is a bit like cringe, but it's mm. by myself. I will ask myself a question. Let's say, how did you take the brand to a million dollars? Like that would be a question yeah. I'd ask. And I will answer it out loud to myself in the car. You answer it out loud. Out loud. Yeah, so I on. do it in the car and like. I always feel awkward like when I'm at the lights like talking. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that that's something that yeah. I do. Um, and then with, I guess, being here, like being in being in the room with you and now obviously we're really good mates. But before that, when it was just – before all of that, you were just sort of a guy that I looked up to mm. and followed you for a bit. Um, and I wanted to sort of get into the story of how you and I met yeah. <laughs> and, and things like that. So – Basically how it happened was, so I found out about Dylan because I worked at Crunch mm -hmm. where you and George used to work mm -hmm. um, and knew about the brand, but didn't know, I knew about the brand through like e-commerce and mm -hmm. then doing that and drop shipping and learning about the brand and copied half your website from my, from my brand and As stuff. As a thousand people did. <laughs> yeah. uh, at least I didn't copy the, the product, but um, so I did all of that, knew about you and like, as soon as I found out about you, I remember the first podcast I actually listened to was the founder one. Mm. Um, and then from there, just like any podcast that you were on, um, like listen to the one with Luke, or like Luke's one, listen to sort of bunch, bunch of podcasts. Um, and I've always wanted to always, always wanted to work for someone like yourself. Mm. So it actually started probably 2018. I think I, um, Wanted to work. High Smile was like the. It was at the time where um, Nick and Alex were doing YouTube, so they were vlogging, yeah. and like that was like seeing them. They're on. I think they're at Mermaid Beach on the Goldie. Mm. Like it was really cool. Wanted to work for them, so I listened to a podcast. It was actually a Diary of a CEO podcast yeah. where Stephen was talking about um, how people want to come and work for him, and gave him like gold letters and stuff, and how it was really cool. So then from there, I decided to try and work for High Smile mm. and I bought a dessert box where you can get them delivered, like mm. the donuts and stuff. It wasn't like one of the ones that like the Dixie. <laughs> <and stuff. Yeah. laughs> Normal one. Um, and I went, bought a domain. The domain was like www.standingoutfromthecrowd.com. Wow. <laughs> Pretty cringe now. So I bought the domain and I um, shot this video, basically talking to the camera. It was literally, I got the cameras, my phone, turned it on, I'm like, all right. Hello. Like yeah. my name's Joe. Um, I'm wanted to, to come and work for you guys. 
was like, I just want to work for free. I just like, I'm you and Vonnie have talked about it. Like working for free, I think mm. is such, um, an important thing to do. Mm. And I think everyone should do it honestly. Um, but for me, yeah. So I reached out to them, sent them this dessert box, this video where it got delivered and it was there, but no reply. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think they, they saw it. It said delivered and stuff. Who knows? So I didn't hear anything, but anyway, so from then when I found out about Dylan, I was like, okay, I've got to, mm. I've got to work for this guy. So I, as your backup plan. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go. My, my, my second Back up after high smile, you know, you well, gotta take that. Yeah. So you should have started vlogging, putting out content more. Maybe mm. it would have been, but anyway, um, so then with Dylan, what I wanted to do was sort of the same thing. Mm. Um, and I started messaging you first. I think I messaged George yep. and then you guys were, were posting, posting stuff saying you were hiring. I was like, okay, this mm. is perfect. I honestly messaged you what every, <laughs> every couple of weeks. For, Cause every time we <laughs> hired for a new job looking yeah. back, but did I see them at the time? Were they seeing like, Maybe uh, so. No. I think had I replied. I think I had replied to you. You replied once, once or twice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I kept messaging you. Kept messaging you. Um, then there was a job that came up, which is like customer service. I'm mm. like, okay, well, like I can do this. It's not like yeah, at yeah. the time I didn't have any background in digital marketing. Yeah, like yeah. I do now or anything. It was just, oh well, I've got the skill set. Mm. Um, I did a video. And then in this video, like I set up my bedroom, talked about like crunch. I had like all my books in the background yeah. to make it look like I was, um, sent it to you. Didn't get a reply. I even messaged, yeah, was messaging George like, oh, hey, what should I do? Like, how can I stand out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no reply. Yeah. <laughs> no reply well, that, one, that one actually wasn't my fault. I told you and I showed you. Yes. The forwarded email. So for when Happy Skin Go High is we get like minimum 100 to 200 resume sent through. Um, and then I will get usually some, one of the team, I had one of my friends, uh, Gina was helping me out with some like admin stuff. I was really busy and she, she had time and I said, Hey, can you like get this list of whatever, 150 down to like, you know, 20 or 30 and I'll go through them. And, but she's hired before, like yeah. she's, she knows what she's doing to it. Well, <laughs> apart from maybe missing <laughs> you. Um, but yeah, she did, and then you do make the cut, unfortunately. But better because how much better is this than exactly right? And everything happens for a reason. Mm. I remember, I remember driving where I was when, um, like I found out that I well, realized like I wasn't going to get it, and I even remember thinking like something will come from it, and, yeah. and like my girlfriend at the time, I remember like yeah. telling like it's all good, like yeah. everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Um, and the same thing like leading up to mm. everything that I'd sort of done when one door closed, it was another one opening and it sounds so cliche, but that's really yeah. what was happening. And then eventually first what it was, was me and Yui were going to do work yeah. for you guys. And then from there, then you put up the next day. Oh, had you already hit me up for that? Yeah. So we had already talked and then I, the first thing was that we were going to do ads. Like we were going to yeah, do so create for ads. context for people who don't know what we're talking about. Um, before Joe had started working on um, the podcast or anything else I'm doing, he uh, and Yui, who's our videographer, were starting um, a content agency. And they said, hey, Dylan. And I, I'd, by this time, I'd known Joe's name enough, but just <laughs> randomly seeing it pop up. I said, hey, Dylan, I'm starting this agency. would love to make a couple ads for you guys. Um, you know what I mean? Are you, like for free? Are, are you keen? Do you mind? Like, do I said, yeah, sure, mate. Let's let's do it, whatever. And then the next day, it must have been, or very, very soon after. Yeah, it was like a, a couple of days later, then you put up that story. I, yeah, I put up a, a post um, saying essentially like, hey, 
it was a long, long caption looking for someone to come and work essentially on like the podcast, my personal brand stuff. I'm not sure if I said exactly what it was for, but I said no, it was. Yeah, it's got to be someone who's really um, into self, uh, self development, self improvement, yeah. challenging themselves, ambitious. And I said at the same time, like we were still figuring out what the podcast was going to be. All the other things were getting fleshed out. I'm like, this isn't a paid role at the start. I want to make that very clear. And then I still had bro 60, 70 people message me. Yeah. Um, but because you, I remember your name popping up a couple times beforehand. So like you, you being persistent was what made you then when the opportunity came up, now you're top of mind. And then I, I knew by how much you'd been trying. And then like, you told me about the video and you're willing to work for free, make this content stuff. I'm like, okay, this guy gets the mindset of what it's like to be at the start of building something. So I'm like, all right, yeah, cool. And then we, I think we had a chat and explain kind of everything and yeah. yeah. Well, I had I had your number by that time. Yeah. And then because I wake up early, mm. I would then make sure to text you as soon as I woke up so you would see what yeah. time I was awake. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so oh, he's up early. And yeah. I remember you even said it to me like, oh yeah, like I've seen you, you're, you're up, up early. early. You text, yeah. So, um, yeah, like, mm. and that's outside. And I remember then we first like I came here and we went to the cafe and stuff. Yeah. And I remember sitting there, I was like, I like this is generally something that I'd visualized. Yeah, and, and this is something that I've thought. And now it, it's it's see that's crazy, crazy, right? The power of visualization and yeah. like just that little payoff. Even though again now you just made to me, it's completely normal. But at that time, I'm sure it was like a little yeah. bit like, wow, this is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, and we're just 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 getting started. Oh yeah, everyone will find out about all that stuff soon. <laughs> so. Cool. All right. Well, let's go into, I want to go dive into a bit of business mm -hmm. questions. Mm -hmm. So working with you pretty much like day to day now, um, I see a lot of, of the back end mm -hmm. of, of how things work and things like that. What would you say is the hardest part of your job? Um, the hardest part. There are a couple things I, I, I would say. Um, there's two things different depending on when we try want to go with it. The first thing that's the hardest part of my job and being me is the balancing act between so many different projects I'm involved in. Yeah. And, um, there'll be people at Happy Skin Co that, that need me to respond to them on, on something. There'll be the podcast and a couple other of these projects that I'm working on. And what I was speaking about before that balancing act of, okay, I'm really passionate about all these goals. Um, but being cautious of spreading myself too thin and then removing myself from certain things where I don't need to be a bottleneck, like empowering people as much as they can to make the decisions um, rather than waiting for me. So that was a really big challenge being able to, because I'm not, I, the way I like to do it is like a lot of people say like you, like that classic saying, your life won't outgrow you. Yeah. I think that's really important at the start. And, and I had to outgrow, like me mentally had to outgrow where I was in life to be able to start this whole journey of Happy Skin Co and what it's become. But then you get to a point where you aren't going to grow fast enough. Well, I wasn't growing fast enough to what my goals were and what I wanted to achieve. So I will bite off more than I can chew, fuck it up a little bit as the go through the teething process and then catch up to where I'm starting to manage better at, you know, keeping all these, you know, projects in the air and putting enough of myself into that. So that's, that's probably one of the biggest challenges. And then for business in terms of like specifically business, what's been one of the hardest things about, about the job that I didn't understand getting into it again, I was, I think I was 24 when I launched the business, had no prior management experience apart from crunch, um, had no previous experience really hiring anyone is the whole communication 
education piece and, and understanding that everyone, and it sounds so simple and it is of course, star, but everyone, um, communicates differently needs to be spoken to and, yep. and, and communicated to in a very different way and they'll need different things from you um and learning that when you have a team of 10 people some older than you like double your age almost some younger than you or with very different personalities and experiences and needs and then i have all that to to manage and be able to do my best for all the team but then also i'm this young you know business owner, first time in business, I have all these things I need to do uh, in my day and then managing all that together. Um, that was a big learning process. And then being able to identify how I should speak to this person to get the best out of them versus what this person needs is very different. Yep. Um, and I think through business in a way, like you have to learn if you want to be a business leader to become a lot more selfless because 80% of your day is going to be helping other people and, and, and helping them do their jobs. And then you need to find the time to then make sure you're working on the things that you need to be working on. Um, and that balancing act at the start was probably a big thing that I learned and definitely something that um, pushed me to grow. Yeah. Yeah. No, one of, one of the things that I've, I've realized sort of, yeah, working with you is that I've got to give you, I know how mm. little time you have. Mm. So it's about coming to you when I have a question, it's like, all right, here's option A, B and C, yeah. give them to you. Okay. What one is it? Yeah. And then doing as much of like sort of the groundwork and all of that. Yeah. And then you're just in the final say, and that's, I feel yeah. what works best. And that hundred percent, it works best. But also um, what I've been able to do to help with that is bring in people that understand that mm. and um, identifying those types that work and I'm not saying this is the right way to go about it. If you're trying to build one business to take it to a billion dollars, which isn't necessarily the play I'm going for, you need to be able to work with everyone and give your best to everyone else. But kind of the way I look, looked at it, and that's why I've had so much success hiring friends or friends of friends. It's like, I could do that. And there's an element of that still, you're never going to completely just hire people exactly like you, but hiring people and bringing people into your inner circle that understand the way you work and complement that and work, work with you. Um, I found was really important to me, like bringing on people in different, different areas of the business that they know more than me about that thing. And it's just great. Um, which is super important, but also they, I not, not it's not about them to understand how I work. I've identified how they work and understand that is going to work well with me and then working with those sorts of people. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. On the same subject. Mm you what's your like if there's one day mm. and you've asked this to a few people what is that been the one day that was your hardest day in business um honestly i don't think for me anyway there has been one hardest day yep i'll tell you that the hardest the hardest thing is when there's three hardest days in one week mm. that's that's the challenge it's that when you're in business and this is something else I had to learn, if you're in, if you don't like solving problems or if you don't like having responsibility or having to deal with stress, then you should not start a business because it never ends. And if you are going through a period in business where everything's just going right and working, enjoy it because it won't be long till, till things go wrong. And it's not, they're not always critical things, but at the time they are really important to your business. And if you don't fix some of them, it will be critical. So it's, changing the way that you take on this new information, these new challenges and new issues you need to solve. And, and instead of thinking, oh my God, I can't believe I have to deal with this. This sucks. It's like, that's a part of the game and it's something you just have to deal with. So that I actually um, got used to faster than that whole other, you know, balancing act and communication piece, because I realized, no, 
the first few times it happens and then the business is okay, you start to realize it's just part of it. And if I don't want to deal with this sort of stress and pressure, then I shouldn't be in business. So yeah. I got over that one pretty quickly, but that's what it is. Like it's just day in, day out. Sometimes you'll get, you know, problems stuck on top of problems on top of problems and you can start to feel sorry for yourself. But if you let that go on too long, then just get out. Like it's not, it's not for you. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said before, pressure is a privilege. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, let's sort of start to wrap up. Mm. I'm just conscious of time. Let's get into like, what's, what's the plan for the next five years? Where, where do you want to sort of take things? Obviously where there's a few things in the works that we can't talk about yeah. yet, but um, yeah. What, what's the plan for the next five years? Next five years. Um, it's, it all links back to what I was saying at the, at the start. It's all like pushing myself forward to grow and then moving my life in the direction that I know is taking me closer to being in a position to fulfill my true life's purpose. So, um, specifically like happy skin goes at a really exciting phase. We've just started our retail journey. So, um, getting happy skin Co through, um, as many stores as makes sense uh, across the world, um, Australia, us, UK, Europe, Asia, even the middle East, there's potential there. So really growing that side in terms of happy skin Co. I have another, um, business, um, Dahlia that, um, we'll be launching in about the next month, which is, which is cool. Similar sort of industry, women's wellness, Tappy Skin Co. But I think that business is going to stand for a lot and can do really good things as well. And it's all about, you know, creating products that improve people's quality of life or access to these products. And then as you know, man, like the podcast is something I've been passionate about for a very long time. I've been talking about, um, starting this podcast for probably two years before, before I got around to doing it or my life allowed me to do it. And it's, it's fun, man. Like you see, like the accounts starting to grow, the listeners starting to grow up every episode and then like starting to have these clips go viral and then like these positive, um, messages are creating impact and not that we're creating a podcast just to educate people. We want it to be something people can listen to and enjoy and relax, but starting to book these guests that are completely outside of my network is exciting just to grow. The podcast will be an, an amazing journey. And this is something I am not at all. Um, concerned about the destination. Yeah. Obviously we want to be one of the biggest podcasts in Australia without a doubt, but it's, that's not what we come in and have these meetings about. It's like, okay, how can we create the best possible content? Who, what are we going to enjoy talking about? What sort of guests should we get in? How do we start building this thing and enjoying the ride? And that, that this podcast will be, will be a massive part of the next five years. Obviously the speaking stuff that I do, maybe get back on some more stages um, as the world is opening up now, events are back on. So that will be good and start to figure out a way. I've done a lot of consulting and I do a bit of speaking, like, you know, how to scale my message and how to like synthesize my message. So working out how to best, you know, um, create something that allows me to do that. And then definitely maybe not in the next year or two, but in the next three, four or five years, I definitely want to start writing uh, like a book. Um, I'll probably write a few books, but there's, there's a couple of ideas that I think I could do a really good job writing on. So, and again, all of it, it kind of links back to who, what's that A grade fantasy? Like what sort of person do I really want to be and seeing myself as that and like, okay, if I want to become this person, how do I need to show up today and put the work in today? And how does this person behave? And that's how I need to start behaving now. So everything I do is about growing myself and taking my life closer to exactly where I want it to be. So for people that are in a different position, if they're in a job that they don't necessarily like, but they have a dream to, to do 
whatever it may be, start thinking about who that person is, um, what they do each day in their life and where you are from now. You just got to connect the dots, right? What's some steps along the way that's going to take me to get into that point and start, you know, taking like uh, taking like new habits and behaviors and patterns that these people do and start step-by-step step taking yourself closer to that. Um, so that that's the next five years, man. It's all about exploring purpose, taking myself closer to, you know, the impact that I, I want to be able to have, uh, on this planet. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's, um, finish with one question that's mm. sort of come to mind when, when we're talking about the podcast, one guest, your ultimate, ultimate podcast guest. Oh. I know there'll be a couple. The ultimate podcast guest, man, that's so hard. Hey, you can um, do, you can do three. Um, let's just go from my gut. All right. Um, one, I, I think Conor McGregor yep. has to be one. I thought I'd been there. Um, obviously because uh, I, I'm martial artist as well, but it's not about that. It's not about, you know, even the success, not about his whiskey brand. It's not about, you know, obviously I don't agree with some of the behaviors that he does and how, but he, he's just living his life to the fullest. He fucks up a lot. And yep. I'm not saying that I want to be exactly like him, but what I love so much about the Conor McGregor story is where he started as that plumber working on minimum wage, hating life, but he had that self-belief in how he was able to completely change his life to one of the biggest like sports stars on the planet in the space of seven years from nothing to that. And the amount of self-belief he's had and the amount of challenges he's over had to overcome along the way and how his self-belief never wavered and how he has used visualization. I, I get a lot of energy from hearing about that story because super motivational. That would have to be one um, for sure. Another one, man. Oh, dude, we got to get our, our tier list of, of guests <laughs> out again. I think mm, one of them, I have to pick one actor. Yeah. And it would be out of uh, Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio mm -hmm. or Killian Murphy. Yep. Um, fuck, I'd have to say Killian Murphy right now yeah. where I'm in life. Um, Leo's like been like always like my favorite actor growing up and everything. But I think right now I'd have a more interesting conversation with Killian and that would be one for me personally. And then, um, the third guest would have to be someone from business. Like I could obviously say Gary V, which would be sick, but yeah, that'll happen for sure. Um, anyway, so if we're going to go real crazy. Um, it's probably either Elon or Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. Zuck, really? Yeah. Um, they've just shaped, well, particularly Mark Zuckerberg has shaped our whole generation. I feel <laughs> like it's really interesting. There's so much I don't agree with yeah. about Facebook. Um, of those two right now, cause I'm starting to be more disconnected from, from Zuck and Facebook, probably I'd go with Elon, just yeah. really ask him about where he sees the future of the planet and why he's working yeah. on what he's working on and what we can, what he's doing to try and, you know, change all that. I think that would be a pretty good three. Um, and watch as soon as we, we get off here, I'll remember another one that I always yeah. said. So, well, um, okay. No, oh, I like that. That was a good, yeah. uh, good couple. Mine, this, yeah. this would be my three. So number one, um, Steve Bartlett, just because. Oh yeah, that would be epic. Hey, just cause besides our podcast, my favorite podcast. Yeah. Um, Number two would be Phil Knight. Oh, Nike really founder. Yeah, um, love Shoe Dog. My favorite book, yeah, Shoe Dog. And number three would be probably Steve Carell. 
Uh, just because I love Steve Carell. I just I love The Office. Yeah, like it, yeah. Either either him or Simon Bird, who plays um, Will in the Inbetweeners. Really, yeah. that's interesting. Only because I grew up, mm. like grew up on Inbetweeners. You tell me, like I will, I can mm. word for word every scene, every mm. episode. That's but good. Yeah. I really like the I really like the Stephen Bartlett one. That's a good shout. That could yeah. um, he could give Elon a run for his money. Yeah. But just the opportunity to like see the things about like Stephen Bartlett, Gary V, why I didn't say those like. We will interview them, yeah. I know. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like Elon killing them, like you don't yeah. – Phil Knight might Phil, not be around. Phil, yeah, <laughs> Phil Knight, can, like those sort of ones I, like I wanted to pick, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, let's see how many people we do interview over the next yeah. five years. That'll be exciting to see. Yep. Um, We're only getting started. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, that's that's everything. Do you want to yeah, yeah. wrap us up? And no, that's um, that was a different one. Me as the guest was fun for a lot of people to give a little bit more context about who the fuck's this guy I'm listening to interview these people every week. Um, yeah, we'll probably do another one, you know, down the line when there's we got another um, big new audience. So for now, that was fun. And thank you. I think you did really good first time hosting. Thank so. you. I, I hope so. The TikTok comments will tell me. If yeah, I TikTok. <laughs> let, let Joe know if he fucked this whole thing up. No, I'm joking. Nah, you did really good. Cool. All right. Thanks, man. Cool. Thank you. Done. All right, there we go. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, could you please do me a quick favor and hit the follow or subscribe button? I honestly appreciate it more than you know. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.